0: welcome to maranatha teaching podcast i'm your host femi fenogio we have joined a series that i've been doing on maranatha youtube teaching channel titled the bible we have joined the series at the beginning of another season which we have titled the story of the whole bible genesis chapter 3 let's read verses four and five and the serpent said unto the woman you shall not surely die for God does know that in the day you eat thereof then your eyes shall be open and you shall be as God's knowing good and evil so in previous teaching we've been taking a closer look at this verse 5 of Genesis chapter 3 so we saw a couple of lies that the devil was offering was selling to Eve Number one, he said, your eyes shall be opened. And we've talked, well, I was going to say exhaustively, but who knows? <laughs> but we said a couple of things with respect to that first lie. So today we'll move on to the second and the third part. Well, maybe more of the second part today, really. You, second part is you shall be as gods. Third part is knowing good and evil we're saying that there's a grain of truth in what the devil said and god also said that indeed adam and eve had become as one of us knowing good and evil but the question is will they be equipped for such knowledge number two would that knowledge truly bring them god's power and wisdom number three would that knowledge bring corresponding maturity or would that knowledge bring them shame fear and pain so let us take a close look at this lie you shall be as gods humans down history and up till today are still attracted are still deceived are still being tempted are still being trapped by this offer of becoming as gods and throughout history satan continued to tempt men to imagine that he has within him the power to be like god himself but first what does that statement mean you shall be as God. What was Satan offering Eve? And why was that prospect so attractive to Eve? Philip Hugh, in his book, The True Image, and this is one of the books that I'm using as a resource book for this teaching. He made this comment about what God said in Genesis chapter three, verse 22. He said, the devil's declaration that God knew that if man did what he had been forbidding him to do, his eyes would be opened and he would be like God, implied that God was actually threatened by the existence of man, and that the design of the prohibition was to prevent man from realizing that he is God's equal, <laughs> and that this restriction was intolerable, violation of man's right of self-determination. Does that sound like a whole lot of the things you know that goes on today? You know, positive thinking, self-realization, self-this, self-that, self-made self days you know you have it in you and that is let me read that again the devil's declaration that god knew that if man did what he had forbidden him to do his eyes will be open the devil's declaration that the devil's declaration that god knew that if man did what he had forbidden him to do his eyes will be open and he will be like god implied this is what the devil was implying that god was actually threatening by the existence of man, and that the design of the prohibition was to prevent man to self-actualization. This is the word you will hear in all this, you know, new age thing, all this new fang religion, self-actualization, self-realization. You know, he said and that the design of the prohibition was to prevent man from realizing what realizing that he is God's equal. it shall be like god that that god is trying to do everything to make them not see the fact that they are gods that they are gods equal and that this restriction was intolerable violation of man's right of self-determination then philip hugh in his his book went on to call this type of thinking and the people that have bought into this type of ideology he called it the folly of the most irresponsible and inexcusable kind. (laughs) I like it. I like the way he put it. He said this is folly." of the most irresponsible and inexcusable kind. He said, for there is no way, I'm still quoting Philip here. He said, for there is no way in which the finite can exalt itself to identity and rivalry with the infinite. There is no way. The Lord Jesus has not called to make us like God. We are going to look at that. Okay. We are sons of God. (laughs) There's something of God that has been deposited in us, but God is God. And man is man, even regenerated man, even redeemed man. And this is very, very important. I will read that second part again. Philip Hugh, in his book, The True Image said, this belief that we've bought into, that we will be like God, he said it's fully, Is fully of the most irresponsible and inescapable kind. I know I'm <laughs> knocking this. He said, for there's no way in which the finite can exalt itself to identity and rivalry with the infinite. We need to understand that there is only one throne in the palace. And only one God will sit on that throne. And that when we have been called into the palace, we have not been called to sit on the throne. And this is very, very important. God is God and God is king. Satan told Eve, you shall be as gods. Now, in the original language of the Bible, that word, you shall be as God, that's what God is actually the Hebrew word, Elohim. Do you remember that word? In the beginning, God created the heaven and the world. Uh, It was that same word that is, the devil is using here. He said, you shall be as Elohim. And you shall, you, you will see that in the King James, it is pluralized. He said, you will be as God. That's just because, as we've seen recently, I mean, previously, as we have seen previously, the word Elohim is a plural noun. Number one, that word Elohim is use of God. But that word Elohim is used in a special way for God. But the word Elohim is also used for men in the scriptures, civil magistrate, and is also used for heavenly beings that are called sons of God, angels. It is clear that the devil was tempting Eve with the prospect of the former, the prospect of of the former, not to be satisfied with being Elohim in the form of Elohim being applied to man or in the form of Elohim being applied to angel, it is clear that the devil was tempting Eve with the prospect of being Elohim like God. Why do I think so? Why why do I think this way? It is because, listen, this is very important. Adam and consequently Eve were already sons of God. (laughs) Okay, they were already sons of God. They were already second level Elohim in the hierarchy of God's kingdom. They are people, they are being that, that someone with divine appointed dominion. Now, it is very important for us to understand this. They were already in the company, in this group of second level Elohim. <laughs> because that word Elohim is also used for men. It's also used for angels. Adam and Eve were already in this group of people. They were already sons of God. They were already people that have divine appointed dominion. Understand this, that God's kingdom is a kingdom of Elohim. God's kingdom is a kingdom of the mighty. God's kingdom is a kingdom of the powerful. And we are going to read some scripture very soon, but stick with me. Because this is very, very important. Sometimes the devil tempts us with things that is already ours. Or sometimes it makes us to be dissatisfied with what is ours and seek something that has not been given to us. I will read this again. God's kingdom is a kingdom of Elohim. What do I mean by that? God's kingdom is a kingdom of the mighty and it's a kingdom of the powerful. We are powerful, but God only is all-powerful. We are mighty, but God only is almighty. There is a difference. And that difference cannot be bridged. That difference cannot be crossed. Yes, the kingdom of God is a kingdom. Because God is Elohim. His children are Elohim. They are mighty. They are powerful. But he is the only one that is almighty. He is the only one that is all-powerful. He is the only one that is Jehovah Elohim. Nobody else is Jehovah Elohim, the Lord God Almighty. And we must understand that. That familiarity must never breed contempt. We must understand that. That God is the only Jehovah Elohim. God is the only Lord God Almighty. In the beginning, God bara. It is God. <laughs> If I can call him the ultimate Elohim, I wanted to say the first level, that is too below God. He is the true Elohim. It is the source of (laughs) Elohimship. He is God, but he is given back to children that are mighty, that are powerful, but he is the almighty. He is the all-powerful. Let's let's read some scripture. Luke chapter 3. Verse 38 He was talking about the genealogy of the Lord Jesus Christ, and he was going to get to Adam. He said, Which was the son of Enos, which was the son of Seth, which was the son of Adam, which was the son of God? Adam was God's son, and God's son are called Elohim. God's sons, angels, God's son, human, they are called Elohim in the scripture. Isaiah chapter 8, verse 18. This the 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 prophet said, Behold, I and the children whom the Lord has given me are for signs, are for wonders in Israel from the lost of hosts which dwell in Mount Zion. So God's children are for signs and for wonders. We are mighty, we are powerful. John chapter 10, verses 34 to 36. And I'm reading here from the easy read version. Here was the Lord Jesus answering some distractor. He said, Jesus answered, it is written in your law that God said, I said, you are God's. This scripture called those People gods, the people who receive God's message and scripture is always true. So why do you accuse me of insulting God for saying I am God's son? I am the one God chose and sent into the world. Now, now the point, the point I am knocking here is that this is who we are. The kingdom of God, I'm repeating that. God's kingdom is a kingdom of halloween. God's kingdom is a kingdom of the mighty and powerful. He said that in Isaiah chapter eight, verse 18, these children, they are for signs and for wonders. Adam was called in Luke chapter three, verse 38, the son of God. And the Lord Jesus said that God in the Old Testament called those people in the book of Sam to whom the word of God has come. God called them God. So in reality, Satan was turning the heart of the sons, the sons of God, in the person of Adam and Eve, what Satan was doing here was turning the heart of the sons in rebellion against their father. (laughs) That's what the devil was doing here. He was turning the heart of the second level Elohim against the ultimate Elohim. Here, what the devil was doing is sowing poisoning and turning the heart of the sons in rebellion against their father. Just like we saw in the story of Absalom in 2 Samuel chapter 15, when Absalom rebelled against his father, David. Here, Satan was inciting the mouth to bite the hands that feed it. (laughs) Here, he was inciting the stream to cut itself off from its source. Satan was sowing rebellion in God's kingdom. This is what he's doing here. Like Philip Hughes said in his book, The true image, as we quoted a moment ago, this is folly of the most irresponsible and inexcusable kind. How can the mouth bite the hand that feeds it? How can the son rebel against his father? How can the stream cut itself off from? The source. How 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 you you begin to have this feeling? You begin to have this feeling that this is going to end very badly for Eve if she listen to Satan and rebel against the Lord God Almighty. This is going to end very badly. And you know somebody that also knew that it is Satan. Satan also knew that this is going to happen because he carried this car to show for the rebellion he 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 he, he started before humans were created. But as we saw previously, the devil is pushing on with, it, with this agenda of destruction because of his own you know, hidden agenda, because he stands to gain something from the fall of human. Many ideologies and religions today has bought also into this lie, this lie that you shall be as God, this lie that wants to replace God Okay, that wants to take the place of God. And we're going to look at that a little bit when we start talking about knowing good and evil. <laughs> Many ideologies and religions have bought into this life. Even in our Pentecostal charismatic movement, we think we are God because of civilization. We think we are God because of technology. We think we are God because of the ideologies that we've bought into. We think we are God because of our demon, denominational theology all around us today. We're bought into a lie. I'm going to play a session on the video I made about a year ago. Uh, If if you've been following me on uh, Maranatha Teaching Channel, there was a video I did about a year ago talking about, it's titled, is the Passion Translation, a safe translation of the Bible. And I was talking about the Passion Translation, but in the section of that, I was looking at this issue because this was one of the the poison in this translation that human are God. So this clip I'm going to play for you is actually, you can look it as a case study of how even in Pentecostal charismatic movement, we have bought into this lie of Satan even today. And may the Lord have mercy on us. So I'm going to drop that. Let me just set up. I'm going to drop that into playing now, and I'll come back at the end of this.
1: If I would not recommend the New World Translation for them smuggling their unholy or righteous theology into the scripture, in the same way, I would not recommend the Passion Translation of the Bible, even if it makes you feel good. Now we are going to go into the Old Testament, and what I'm going to do here is to allow you to hear directly from Brian, yourself, talking particularly about Proverbs 31, the Proverbs 31 woman, and then talking about the Song of Solomon, and you will see how he has smuggled this, his doctrine into the Bible. And the sheer audacity that he has to speak about us and God in the same breath is dumbfounded. Okay, I want you to hear him yourself, and then we'll come back at the end of that video.
2: What is known as the virtuous woman, the word virtuous is one of the most anemic, tepid words to translate chahil, that you could ever come up with. Chahil is a word almost exclusively used for warring men. Wow, that
0: is what Brian says. But this is what chahil means in the original Hebrew of the Bible. Indeed, it does mean force, army, but it also means strength, ability, efficiency, and wealth. It could be a force, whether of men, of means, or other
2: resources. Decapitating, slaying, slash guts, kill the enemy, warring men. Rarely is it used for a woman. So the word chayel, the Hebrew word used to describe the virtuous wife, it can't be described by one English equivalent. It's usually used in connection with military might and power. Perhaps the best translation for chayel is mighty like an army. She's coming mighty like an army. Is there a bride coming forth? Bright as the sun, fair as the moon. Mighty like an army. Who is she, folks? It's the radiant bride, the last day's church. God is going to raise up a perfect match for the Son of God. A radiant, co-equal, co-reigning partner to, the, to God the Son. It's as though, don't mistake what I'm saying... It is as though the Trinity is enlarging because the bride is now brought in to the union of father, son, and spirit and bride. And it says in our Bible, my, my sister, my bride, four times. It says my sister, my bride. The word sister means equal. No, it does not. It has
1: nothing to do with gender equality
0: or gender inequality. Now, this is what it means in the original Hebrew. Yes, it's a word used in the original language of the Bible for sister of same parent, half-sister, same father, relative, beloved, bride, of one with whom one have an intimate connection. Brian may have a problem with this word, but the Bible is very, very clear what the word sister means in the original Hebrew.
2: My equal, my bride. So I sent the manuscript to our publisher. It's the first book we translated for the Passion Translation, and my publisher immediately rings me up, uh, Andy, and he says... Uh, Yo, we're not going to publish Passion Translation. I said, why? He said, well, you sent me the manuscript, and four times you're telling people that they're equal to Jesus. I said, Andy, no, I'm not telling him that. He is. You have ravished my heart with one glance of your worshiping eyes. I'm undone, conquered by a glance, overcome, held hostage by your love. You've inflamed my being. Now, nobody conquers Jesus, not all the demons, not all the principalities. Not all the Klingons in the world. Sith warriors. None of them are going to conquer Jesus. None of them. But you do. You do what demon princes cannot do. You conquer the inconquerable Christ with a glance of your eyes. Why, if, if you conquer the conqueror, that would make you more. Can you imagine the king of kings saying to weak, frail you, stop. I can't take it anymore. I've got to come from heaven and be with you. You're wrecking me. You're ruining me. I'm held hostage. I'm, I'm ravished. My heart is stolen. You've stolen my heart, my equal, my bride. Now you can see the trend of what what is yes, smuggled
1: into the Passion translation of the Bible. Essentially, it is the essential theology of the upper grace, upper charismatic, the new apostolic reformation teaching that human being has now become God. Remember, this is not talking about the fact that we are sons of God. This is talking about the fact you see the type of language he was talking about. That we are God. When he was talking about the Lord Jesus, I mean, how can he say that God said, You 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 have conquered me, you have arrested me no more. I mean, man. And this is blasphemous. This is an error. And that is the reason why I cannot honestly recommend this translation to Christian.
0: Praise the Lord. Hallelujah, that is serious. That gives us a taste into how even the world of Christianity is buying into these lies of we are gods. I'm going to round up again with that quotation from Philip Hughes from his book, The True Image. He said, this is the folly of the most irresponsible and inexcusable. Excuse, excusable kind, for there is no way in which the finite can exalt itself to, identif- to identity, can exalt itself to identity and rivalry with the infinite. God is God. He loves us. He has raised us. We are powerful, but He is the most powerful. We are mighty, but He is the Almighty. Almighty. We are powerful in His power. We are mighty in his might. And if we cut ourselves off away from him, or if we separate ourselves from him, we will realize, and God forbid, that by ourselves, of ourselves, we are nothing. Okay? Our sufficiency is of him. And he's calling you today. He's calling me today. Come, come. He has the power to give. He has the might to give. He has the love to give, the grace to give. And the only thing is that we will only continue to experience this as we stay connected to him. So God is calling you if you are not born again, if you are totally disconnected to him, come today. He has made a way for you in Christ Jesus on that cross. All you have to do is to come and receive this grace. You know, accept him into your life as your Lord and Savior. Serve, worship him. It will give you life joy peace provision love you will work the rest of this life with you when this is all over you will spend eternity with the all-powerful with the almighty the, the choice is yours and i'm trusting and I'm praying that you will make the right choice even tonight we sincerely invite you to check out our teachings on youtube maranatha teaching channel they will bless you thank you